0: Hello, everyone. I'm Zev Shalev. Welcome to Narrative Live on a really special edition of the show. I'm live in New York. I'll be joined in a few minutes by Gary Darden, uh, the historian and professor. A perfect storm descended on Trump's defenders today, it seemed. His lawyers abruptly ended their case really early leaving the GOP and their senators scrambling to figure out what they can do next in the face of the very big news. And the big news is the book, the book that was written by John Bolton. No one's really seen this book, but some of it has been leaked to The New York Times. And of course, he's the former national security Advisor to the president. He's about the least likely person on ideological grounds you'd expect to be uh, arguing for the president's guilt. And yet here he is doing that. The big news um, is, of course, that he writes very damningly about what the president did that he accuses the president and has first hand knowledge of the president's attempt to extort Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky to launch an investigation into the Bidens. And just as the GOP began a scorched earth campaign to try and destroy Bolton's credibility, Trump's former White House chief of staff John Kelly emerged today to say he believes John Bolton. And it's from, on that point that I'd like to bring in uh, Gary Darden. Hi, Gary, professor of history, Hello. American history from Fairleigh Dickinson, just across the river here in uh, New Jersey. Nice to see you, Gary.
1: Nice to see you. Well, I think getting witnesses to be called was going to be a close vote regardless, down to probably you know, four or five senators at the most just to get over the finish line. Mm. And there would be a battle. But Bolton's book and what it states uh, really was a game changer. Because Bolton is someone who was in the room during this call with the Ukraine. Um, Bolton is not exactly someone you can put a harness on and dictate what he's going to say. He, he can be a loose cannon. And I think that's what terrifies a lot of people in uh, in the White House. And I think it makes McConnell's job much more difficult. At the beginning of this week. It seemed he was in control of his caucus. And now it seems uh, that he's not. But he still has two more days. This vote may not take place until Friday afternoon.
0: Now, you say that this vote, you're just referring specifically to the vote on whether to call witnesses. Yes. And. That vote could look like anything, right? I mean, ultimately, the Mitch McConnell is in charge of this process. He could say, um, I want to call any witness or all witnesses, or he could say, I want to call only uh, Biden-Hunter, or I can call John uh, John Bolton and Biden-Hunter, for example. That's correct, right? He has a full sort of choice here in terms of what he wants to do.
1: It could be a vote on one witness like Bolton. It could be a vote on multiple witnesses. The key is going to be Bolton. So the idea is if somehow 51 senators... Can vote for Bolton, then the dike's been broken, and it's, it may unleash a torrent of witnesses that serve both the Democratic case and uh, the Republican case. If it happens, then you know all bets are off. This trial may not be done uh, by this weekend, and it could drag in for another week or two or longer.
0: Now, as we look at the people who might vote in favor of witnesses, there are sort of two obvious ones: Collins and Romney have agreed that they or seem to indicate they'll vote in favor of allowing witnesses, uh, or at least John Bolton as a witness. Um, the others are a little harder to spot. What do you think are the options there? What do you think is looking likely in, in the Senate uh, in terms of people who might join that duo?
1: I think the two most likely are Lisa Murkowski. And Murkowski is, is a really interesting uh, character in the Senate because she was defeated in her party's primary by a sarah palin back tea party candidate right. she went ahead and ran and she won her senate seat her re-election as a write-in candidate and that hadn't been done since strom Thurmond back in the mid-20th century in south carolina so she has this sort of fiercely earned independent voice in alaska that's not totally beholden uh to mitch mcconnell the other candidate i think that might be likely to support Uh, witnesses is Lamar Alexander. And Lamar Hmm, Alexander was a governor of Tennessee back in the 80s, went on to uh, have a very secure Senate seat. He was part of the Republican leadership. But historically, he's been a fairly moderate voice and he's retiring. And this is a guy that's been respected on both sides of the aisle. And he may be at a point where he goes, I don't have to do anything, but look at at my record and my legacy. Hmm. And so he since he's leaving the senate come january of 2021, he could be one of the likely votes.
0: There are others also leaving the senate. Isn't uh, Burr on his last round there and he might be someone who can who can get away with a vote like that?
1: I think he's I think he's possible. There's also been mention of Ben Sass in Nebraska. He's been pretty quiet, but Ben Sass is one of the last senators that's still in there since Jeff Lake left that has been willing to criticize the behavior and the judgment calls of President Trump.
0: Hmm.
1: And Nebraska is a conservative state, but he's a fairly popular and respected senator.
0: And Toomey is an interesting uh, an interesting voice to be hearing from a conservative, at least, uh, who might be in favor of at least some sort of horse trading around uh, witnesses.
1: Toomey's been interesting because Toomey's always, Toomey's been willing to be part of that group of six to eight senators that are willing to cross the aisle and broker a deal. Mm-hmm. And he did this back in the Obama administration. And he may well be a player. He's not someone that's going to stand in front of the camera and say this, but he is the kind of guy that is a conduit between the moderate and right wing flanks of his party. And this is the kind of guy that may strike a deal in the cloakroom.
0: Now, is there any real harm for just saying, well, we want witnesses. It'll make us look more legitimate at the end of the day. Even if we land up acquitting, at least we're allowing a fair trial to go ahead. Why is there so much resistance even to allowing witnesses like John Bolton to testify?
1: Well, there's a famous adage among court lawyers is you don't ask a witness a question unless you know the answer beforehand right
0: right good point
1: most good trial lawyers get screwed up when they ask a bombshell question that gets a bombshell answer right and so they don't want witnesses that might possibly give answers that could be damning to the president's case and clearly what bolton's already saying in this book that the new york times has reviewed Um, aggressively contradicts what the president said. They keep saying there's no eyewitness testimony, yet Bolton was in the room during the call.
0: Oh, and and he's the one that basically... And in several other conversations, one-on-one conversations. conversations. Yeah, yeah. it's it's hard to ask anyone more directly, direct knowledge of the the events than him.
1: And yeah, so Bolton is right there at the center of this because he was the national security advisor. This was regarding uh, funds for weapons and supplies to help Ukraine defend its national security from an aggressive Russia. So Bolton is as good a witness as you can put on the stand mm-hmm. in this case. And because he was fired and no longer reports to, to, uh, to the president, um, he's somewhat liberated to speak his mind. And he is renowned for his blunt candor, which is why the Republicans do not want him.
0: And you've got uh, someone like John Kelly lining up behind him saying he's credible. Listen to him. I believe what he says. Kelly would have had some knowledge, at least until the time he left the White House, of what the president was doing, because um, this does stretch back all the way to 2018. There's a lot in here that could hurt the Republicans. So if they thought there was even a risk of this happening, you'd think they would have gone to him with a deal earlier on. They would have said, this isn't look." You know, there's a possibility here we're not going to be able to secure this. And yet here we are at a position where it looks like they, you know, maybe they can't secure us.
1: Here's the interesting thing is I don't think Bolton can be bought or bullied on this. Mm. If he were still in the White House as national security Advisor, the president would have leverage on him. But he's he's a he's a free range actor right now. Yeah. And yeah. and this testimony, truth be told, is going to allow him to sell hell have a lot more books.
0: And you think that you know he's a constitutionalist there are a lot of people there who believe in the american constitution and what's going on right now especially with these arguments from alan dershowitz and company which just are you know negate everything the constitution says it must be worrying for people who are concerned about the future of the basics of our republic you know the the founding principles that set up this republic
1: well because there's the hypocrisy you see Mm. what mitch mcconnell and lindsey graham said back in the clinton impeachment they betrayed what they said then versus now dershowitz Mm and Ken Starr, arguments they made in the Clinton Mm -hmm. impeachment era are completely belied by what they're saying now. So most, if you're watching a news source that reports the information accurately and fairly, most people can see the hypocrisy of this. Mm -hmm. And, but the the thing the Republicans are clinging to is that right now the latest poll has about 48% support removal
0: from office and about
1: 47%
0: do not. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download the powers of the presidency are immense but they are not absolute Um,
1: how are you going to explain this giuliani and the corrupt foreign uh, prosecutor general had plans to quote do things to me A secure, democratic and free Ukraine serves not just the Ukrainian people, but the American people. He was being involved in a domestic political errand, And we were being involved in national security foreign policy, and those two things had just diverged. The Ukrainian embassy staff asked what is going on with Ukrainian security assistance. President Zelensky will do anything that you, meaning President Trump, ask him to. Who would benefit from an investigation of the Bidens? I assume President Trump. And now Ukraine is a battleground for great power competition. With a hot war for the control of territory and a hybrid war to control Ukraine's.